0: Welcome back to day 17 of our Wave Church podcast on prayer and fasting. If you haven't already picked up the devotional to follow along with us, you can do that on the website at wavechurch.com. And it's just a great guide to have the prayer points as we talk through these with different people, as you've heard through many weeks. And so, but if you haven't made yourself available to that devotional yet, it is available at the website. But today, again, this is Josh Kicker. But today, again, we are joined by Aaron Gary, who is one of our great youth leaders. And our Great Neck campus was a youth leader, director in our Richmond campus for a, a season as well, and yeah. is now on team down here at uh, Virginia Beach. And so it's great to have you today. It's good to be here. So today, you know, we've been unpacking this week. We've talked about um, how the next generation, you know, is is kind of drifting away from church uh-huh. uh, with Pastor Josh Kelly. We talked about fearing God with Pastor Caleb. And then today, our, our po- focus is really on encountering Jesus and a young person's encountering Jesus. Can you give us a little uh, background and, uh, of your story of how you encountered Jesus?
1: Yeah, so I don't have a, uh, I guess, typical story when it comes to encountering Jesus. I, at the age of 18 is when I found myself in a life-saving relationship with Jesus. Uh, truthfully, I didn't meet Jesus in a church, but I met Jesus in jail, mm. uh, just from a series of making bad choices, right? like letting, yeah. Like I was the kid who let culture define how to live, mm. and unfortunately, I had to learn the hard way. Uh, but when I found myself, um, robbed of all my freedom, literally and physically, it got me to a place of surrender where it's like, I need to live, I need to live for something bigger than myself. And it gave me a place where Jesus could enter my life and learn to be like, Hey, life is not just about you. Life's not about, uh, the choices that you make, but life's about living, living life based on God's direction and God's word.
0: No, that's great. And I think, um, you know, is there something in that story? How often do you kind of reflect back on that moment of that encounter with Jesus?
1: Uh, truthfully, more times than not, because because yeah. even as a Christian, life's not easy. Right. So I have to kind of like bring myself to the beginning of like God met me there. God met me then. And I was so far from God then, but also God will meet me here now. So in a way, it brings hope to me from whatever I'm facing on a day to day basis.
0: So how do you take that encounter, that experience, and translate that to what you're doing now, working with young people?
1: Uh, For me, the biggest thing is, like, no kid is a lost cause, Mm. right? We often think kids are so far from Jesus that Jesus won't meet them. So for me, it's like a reminder of, like, oh, no, no, I was a kid who had, like, totally undeserving of any love of God. And it's just a great reminder that no matter how far you think you are, God's love goes
0: further, how do you help a young person who's struggling with his own esteem issues, own value issues? You, you kind of said you, you, know, you felt undeserving of, of God's love and that no one's too far. Um, how do you help them understand that? The best way is time,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Like when you spend time with somebody, you help remind them that, that they aren't like that kid that they think they are, that they aren't so far from Jesus. Like quality time. Is there's nothing nothing beats that right and and even for me when I first found Jesus, like it wasn't the Bible that I fell in love with, it wasn't the church that I fell in love with, it was a pastor who said, hey, like you think you're like some degenerate? No, no, no let me spend time with you, let me hang out with you, let me sleep, like let me live, let me live the word, right? And and this pastor was teaching me the word way before I even
0: opened the Bible. Yeah, because the the verse today, the Acts two forty one verse says, those who accepted his message, were baptized. And do you think? I th- the church has has done over the years, um, created kind of a hindrance to young people accepting the message through either a lack of time or through um, a different approach that kind of made God kind of standoffish and not personal? Yeah, I think
1: sometimes with uh, generational divides, there's biases, right? So like we assume that the way that we come to Jesus is the way that everyone needs to come to Jesus, and that's not always the case.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because, I mean, our stories would be, very different. I grew up in church. I grew up in a uh, a Christian home. Um, my brother had some run-ins, uh, with, with law enforcement at at times, but I kind of was able to skate under the radar a little bit Mm -hmm. because he was worse than me. And so, but I was still just as lost as he was for sure. And so, and our encounters, uh, were very different. He had his moments. He, he ended up, um, addicted to alcohol later on in life and went through some rehab and things of that nature to the point where, but he's fully encountered God in a new way, in a powerful way. And he's on a church staff in, in Texas and, awesome, and serving yeah. God. And, uh, my encounter was probably around the same age. I was kind of a senior in high school. I was getting ready to like, this was going to be my year to live it up. Right. Mm-hmm. Like a senior year, it was going to be that thing. And then, uh, at a revival down in Florida at a moment, I got invited to by my now wife. Uh, who wow. I knew in high That's school cool. um, who thought I was saved or yeah. thought I was, you know, uh, a Christian cause mm-hmm. I had to go to church cause my parents drug me to church every week. Um, but so I kind of went to appease her, um, encountered God in a powerful way. And it just completely changed the trajectory uh, of my life. And I think reflecting back, I'm a bit more of a reflective person than mm-hmm. a, a lot of people. And I, I often go back to that moment because I just realized the power of that moment, yeah. the power of that life change. And it just propelled me to what I'm doing today mm-hmm. and, and to helping people. And I know you, you, know, you lead uh, a group of young people, you lead a couple community groups and mm-hmm. invest into them. What are you seeing some of the struggles they face in accepting the message as that scripture said?
1: One of the largest issues that I've seen in my, in my group of guys the most is actually insecurity. Right. They have a hesitancy to fully follow after God's word because of the influence of their friends and what's around them, because they're like, oh, what are they going to think? What are my friends at school going to think? What are my my friends at the gym going to think? Even what are my friends at church going to think? Right. Because no one wants to be that person that seems like they're gun ho in church when everyone else is like, I don't know if this is fully where I want to go or if they think of it as like just a social event. So one of the biggest things I've seen plaguing our kids is like insecurity, just like. I don't know, what is is the world going to think? What are people going to think? What is social media going to think? I think that's definitely just hindering their their level of
0: buy-in. So what do you do to kind of help combat that? Social media, we've heard it a little bit with with Pastor Josh, how the downfalls of social media uh, have played in this generation. Um, How do you help create that balance to kind of, okay, I can live in a social media-driven world but still find kind of security in who I am?
1: Yeah, so for our kids, right, it's like, as a leader, we need to be able to be aware of, like, the level of investment that we have in our kids. This is why great leaders are always speaking into their kids' life. And I'm not saying, like, they're texting Bible verses every day, but they're constantly, uh, they're they're a sound voice, right? So if kids are only allowing the voices of their friends and social media uh, into their life, that's going to create insecurity, and we as leaders can't be passive and allow those voices to go unfiltered. So the best way for us to combat that is to to build relationships, right? Invite them to launch, hang out with them, talk to them, text them, hey, how are you doing? Um, because then now you become a voice that now creates some formative measure in their life.
0: How different do you think? And I know it's easy to kind of speculate um, and, so, and, and go back and say, oh, it would have been completely different. But how different do you think your life might have been had there been that youth group that had that investment that that the work you're putting into to young people today the work that wave church is is aspiring to do and investing into young people and building a vibrant youth ministry as many churches around the globe are if you'd have had that encounter earlier how different do you think it would have played out for you
1: um i think it would have played out majorly different right even when i think about it my playing football, my coaches had such a big voice in my life to where it's like, all right, I was able to maintain good grades to play. What would it look like if I had a youth leader who was telling me how to, how, how God's called me to live my life? I I would like to think I would have been receptive to some regard. Um, but I haven't really thought about it too much. I think for me, I've had to learn to get more of a chip on the shoulder that no one ever invited me to youth group as a kid, (laughs) you know? So it's like, um, I never thought that far, because I, I, like, I, I was never invited to church. Right. Right? So um, I'd like to think I'd be somewhat receptive, because as I learned from my coaches, so much so much impact, like in the football field, the academia world, all that stuff. Um, so I'd like to hope that a youth leader would have had some sort of impact on my life.
0: How do you um, create that sort of engagement among other youth leaders to, to realize the impact that they can have like, just like a coach had on your life or just like a leader can have, how do you help them kind of maintain that sense of, of mission in and week out
1: stories, right? Stories are great motivators, right? When you tell stories about either your life or the life of someone in your CG or the life of someone in the church, where it's like, when you hear a story about a kid whose life was impacted from time with like from spending time with them, it motivates another CG leader. Like, I think that's why we love movies, because stories motivate, stories move us into action. Um, so that's what I think, like, if we can talk about it and more, if we tell the stories about our lives, people in our CG, stories that we hear about impacting the church, I think that's a motivator for our leaders.
0: What's a great story or takeaway from, um, obviously, keeping names out of it, but just youth you've worked at and you worked with and seen them encounter God, whether it's, Sort of this big moment in a service like uh, like mine was like uh, at a revival, like it was a you know a big encounter with God or maybe it's a more private encounter um tucked away where you don't think God can reach you. What's a story that you've taken away from your time in youth
1: more so recently, when I think about it, there's a story that's really kind of like I think that just was that the ethos of what we do is we're at our CG recently, and sometimes working with high school boys, it's like, are you even understanding what I'm saying, sure. right? So it was one of those nights, but at the end of the night, uh, a young guy was like, hey, I heard about a family that we're praying for on Sunday in the church. Can we spend time and pray for them now? Um, and I thought that was such a great story where he was like, um, hey, like, like, there's this family in need. I know we as a church are praying for them can we take time and pray for them? Um, And all the other kids like were kind of snickering a little bit, but then they realized that he was actually serious. Um, And so I think that was a good point for me where it's like, you just see the formation in kids where it's like, no, no, like there's something more important than just coming and laughing and having fun.
0: No, that's awesome. And I think we can't overlook what seems minor, you know, somebody may say, Oh, he just praying. That's a huge step for, for for a high schooler and church. I hope you've heard over these last couple of days, just, the stories about people encountering God and the stories about people coming to a, a depth of understanding of, of what it means to walk out with a life with Christ. And even in pastor Sharon's first week, I mean it, the whole focus was on the power and presence of God. And then the salvation story in the second week And here, you're hearing stories each day in this week about the next generation of people encountering God. And Aaron, can you pray that the, the young people of our cities to encounter Jesus in yeah. a new and powerful way? Of course.
1: God, we thank you for every student that's in our city, God. We know that, you, we, that we are confident that you know exactly where they are. Uh, Holy Spirit, we ask that you just bring the relationship uh, with you, God. Would you reveal to them the character and nature of Jesus? Would you reveal to them how much you love them and know them? Holy Spirit, we ask that just uh, in this next year that you, we just see an overcoming flow of just students coming into youth group, uh, passionate about your word, passionate about your church, and just excited to build your house and change their city. In your
0: name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us, Aaron. And tomorrow we've got uh, Janie Thomas, our youth director at our Seaboard Road campus, going to be with us as we continue to unpack reaching the next generation and talking about encouraging and strengthening this next generation. Church, we love you, and we'll see you tomorrow on the podcast.